0: Hello dear listeners, it's Petrus again with part 2 of his Korean book, which by the way is titled Meditations on a Korean Odyssey. Chapter 2 Imagine this. I'm slow walking in a street filled with people, literally from wall to wall. Many of them talking to each other in in a language I don't understand a word of, nor do I understand any of the signs telling me where I am and into which direction I should be traveling, or where I could find which or what, this or that. It reminds me of a sentence I read in an old book once, Which said, if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter how you get there. I stroll about and allow my steps to lead the way. I get lost and find my way. I get lost again and once again find my way. The story of a creative life. Being there. I'm walking in a narrow street and become aware of totally new and unusual sounds ignored ignoring all the sounds smells and sights close by i follow this deep drone which eventually leads me to a temple there in the courtyard is a small beautifully carved building without walls inside which lies a huge drum the circle of its face is about eight feet in diameter and the drum itself about 10 feet deep in front of it a monk with two large sticks is beating a strong captivating rhythm with great energy. It tells me about the start of a ceremony. After I take off my shoes and step inside the temple, like everyone else, I sit down on a mat. Many people are gathered there. After a while the drumming outside ceases and is continued inside on a smaller percussion instrument. The rhythm is intense yet quiet. Now some bells are, bells are added and something gentle unfolds. The temple is ancient and situated in the heart of soul. The, the interior is radiantly lit with candlelight with many reflective decorations and lanterns hanging from the ceiling. The result is thousands of lights, both reflective and real. How can I possibly describe what I saw having only these two dimensional words, let alone what I felt inside this incredible space. In time a monk enters and starts the ceremony. All members of the congregation stand and slightly bent forward start singing a song so hauntingly beautiful and deeply moving that I involuntarily started to cry. I cried for the inner joy of being there and for the magnificence of the moment. I cried for the emotions that that this brings about and I cried for missing feelings. I cried for not being able to share this magic moment with my friends. At times, it gets too intense and beautiful for just one person. Because I had set my own parameters of the project here in Korea, I created the simple brief, in short, I decided to approach this with a totally new environment, with an open heart and mind. Not to be critical and judgmental, and to say yes to everything which came my way. This approach has found me in the most incredible situations already, like unintentionally getting drunk on plum wine, thinking it was a soft drink or soju, both very strong local drinks, or finding my way in and out of a maze of tiny streets or getting lost in the underground and being pushed around by a fast throng of people without having any idea of where I am or where I'm going. It is easy, it is difficult, it is lonely, it is overwhelming, it is exciting, it is scary and it is at times totally mad. Yet it is also an incredible experience which I wouldn't have missed for the world. This is the world, and in this world I get to visit all my emotions. I am truly alive. Then one morning after a week in Korea, and because I had said yes, I'm at the side of the road at 6.30 a.m. to be collected by the Australian Embassy car, taken to the airport and once again whisked away into the Korean sky to be delivered an hour later in the town of Gwangju, I had been asked to present to lectures as part of the celebration of Australia month in Korea. I was happy to oblige. However, I had to think about the audience, which doesn't understand my language and has most probably a totally different way of looking at and thinking about the world. I can report that with the assistance of an excellent translator, a selection of my slides and creative mind movements this turned out to be a wonderful experience after presented the second lecture the formal part of the proceedings was over realizing that my address from my address my interests were a friendly professor suggested a journey to unju an ancient temple in the mountains about an hour south of kwanju we left the city and entered the countryside through one of those many tunnels in that country. This one was round, lined with white glazed tiles and lit with a set of orange lights, shimmering, a beautiful art installation. At the other end of the tunnel, the city had disappeared. Instead, wherever these mountainous landscapes allowed, there were fields of all proportions, mainly small. Here are some my first rice paddies, filled in time with huddled figures planting this ancient food source. We also passed through an area famous for pears. Pears which are grown on trees pruned to grow very low and widespread. The branches are ba- bound onto fam- bamboo frames, so that when you are harvesting the fruit, not only can this be done without the ladder, but the picker is also in the shade. Traditional cleverness. Driving smoothly along a new road through an ancient landscape is a, a somewhat surreal experience. From the comfort of the car, like a movie experience, I noticed an ox pulling a wooden plow. A man carrying a huge load on his on a wooden frame tied onto his back plus people, backs bent, planting, and everywhere little graveyards depicted by small semi-spherical mounds of earth covered with green grass, very soft and sculptural. Near these burial mounds stood stone plinths carved with some calligraphy. That evening, while driving home, the moon, like a soft, ripe orange filled with sweet promise, rose majestically over the, the lush and fresh green rice paddies it rose with the promise of a, of more so much more <laughs>